The Hair Voyage podcast is here for beauty professionals. Multi-passionate, entrepreneurial-minded, and interdisciplinary artists, we know you, we see you, and we love you. Hair Voyage is here to expand beauty education. We're sourcing information from different industries in order to support, inspire, and create community that cares for beauty professionals. We're here to propel you forward, integrating your passions and your desires into your beauty business. Hello, everybody. I'm back on the podcast. It's Mary Alice. And today I'm with a very special guest, Alina. Alina Zelova is from, she, she is the CEO of Launch Lab Sophia. And we're today we're going to be talking about design thinking and um She's a very special guest to me because she was a judge for Startup Weekend, and that's how we met in Alaska. But right now we're talking across countries, and Alina has Launch Labs um, in, the, well, there's a network of them, and one's in Berlin, Berlin, Basel, and Bangalore. And they are businesses that redesign or their a redesigned studio that helps companies build agile teams, create innovation, and customer-centric experiences for their clients. So Alina and her team have worked with both Fortune 500 companies, startups, public institutions, and NGOs to prepare them for businesses as unusual situations, just like the one that we're in, are happening and help them pivot and you know, think creatively, but we're about to learn some more about that right now. From yeah, it's Alina it's herself. my pleasure. Thank you so much it's for being here. It's my Friday evening, and I cannot think of anything better to to do right now. Honestly. Oh, thank you so much. So yes, we we introduced the subject design thinking, and I know it's very vast, and there's you know a lot that we could say about that but how do you start to explain that to Um, to I always say um, I always use a little bit of jargon and a little bit of examples or my own words to explain design thinking to new people so officially it's a mindset and a methodology Um, but in simple words it's uh, a way of working that allows teams and organizations to be empathetic towards people towards customers towards employees stakeholders uh, to be empathetic for the people they design for Um, and also it's uh, it allows them to be effectively creative together uh, to come up with innovative ideas to be able to test them in in a smart effective way so um, in essence it's a new way of working Uh, we're moving away from the silos and uh, you know, the production lines where team one does task one and then gives it to team two that does task two and so on. Um, this is this this old way of working is very boring, very slow and extremely ineffective. Uh, design thinking is uh, way more fun. It's dynamic. It's creative. Um, sometimes it's even scary because you're constantly going in sprints, innovating, fighting with the unknown. Um, so sometimes I compare it to a pro- roller coaster for teams. Um, you know, like roller coasters, you know it's safe, but it's kind of scary too. Um, and it's the same way design thinking. 
Um, also, it's very fast <laughs> before you know it's over and you only remember the fun and the fun part of it. So design thinking is a lot like Are there principles of design thinking specifically like that you start that you start with or how do you start a leading a team through something like that how do you start doing it with, with your team it's um it's like anything else you just have to start doing it um not just talk about it not read about it um just just start doing it pick up a project uh, a problem that you care for um see who are the people that experience that problem how they talk about it, how they feel about it, um, how they solve for it. Um, and, and then the ideas will naturally start flowing. I think that's the easiest part in design thinking, the ideation part, because the part before, which is really kind of immersing yourself into the world of the problem, into the world of the people, um, this is the part where you, you get all the fuel you need to be creative. So ideas come very easily in design thinking. Um, the, the, the difficult part, I guess, is to test out uh, these ideas as, and then to remove the bias uh, when testing your own ideas, uh, because, of course, we all fall in love with them. Um, so... With new teams, let's say teams who are not exposed to this way of working, um, we typically do a little bit of a little bit of training, just a little bit. Um, that training serves the purpose of kind of giving them a framework, a common starting point, a common terminology, if you want. But it's mostly just going through uh, what we call a design sprint with them and actually experiencing design thinking. That's how I think you convert to being a design thinker. <laughs> amazing yeah that makes total sense because as soon as like in startup weekend that's where I learned about design thinking and um, that was my first experience and it really I started to understand it exactly like you're saying of I started to understand what it meant and how to look at new things in that same way and what I realized from that is I, I just feel that so many and why, you know, I ins was inspired to talk with you about it is because I believe so many beauty professionals are already um, good at design thinking because the first aspect that you said was the um, being an empathetic thinker. And in our craft, we listen to people's stories all day. We hear about intimate parts of their life. And so our brains are already filled with a lot of empathetic information. And so I think it's, our, it's easier for a beauty professional to go into understanding that aspect, I imagine. That's I my cannot bias. agree more with you. I, I cannot agree more you. with you um, because all, all professions, uh, all professionals that are customer facing are typically very empathetic uh, but your profession especially is uh, is one where you're exposed mm -hmm. to a lot of customer stories you're exposed to their feelings to their dreams to their uh, problems um, and also as a profession you're very creative so uh, your profession in many ways um, kind of is composed of the very mindsets 
that we're trying to teach other professions, for example. And I don't want anyone to take offense, but typically the, the hardest, the hardest, and I'm one myself, the hardest people to convert to design thinking are business people, <laughs> engineers, um, people who are somewhat um, removed mm. from from facing the customers because very often as as a ceo in a company you don't face your own customers or you don't face them very often and and that is a problem you are removing yourself from their everyday life from from their problems from their emotions and that's hard it's the same with uh, software developers they are removed from direct contact with with customers because you know they use the the code to communicate with, with them so um, I'm not uh, I'm not trying to generalize I'm just saying for some professions by the nature of the profession it's harder to um, to be empathetic because you're not exposed to the customer um, and for you it's not the case guys so that's your feel to be um, as creative as you are. <laughs> so exciting especially right now when our industry is along with every other industry of course but everyone is pivoting and having to revamp and recalibrate what what's what's coming next um it's exciting that we know so much about our clients so we can really dive in and look at what else do they need and also um what else what other our, our industry is also very interdisciplinary because we don't have just one skill. Like a barber has many skills within barbering that, you know, even, you know, conversation and talent and, and an actual technique and then running the salon. And, you know, there's so many hats there. And so what I found exciting when I've just had brainstorming conversations with other stylists is that we just start leaning into like, okay, well, what else do you do now that we have had time where people aren't doing hair? They're realizing, oh, yeah, I really like to sing, or I really like to paint, or I also am really good at making websites, and all these other skills have sort of surfaced. Um, and so I think that's really exciting that that because that's also part of pivoting is leaning into maybe a skill that would seem opposite or um, I guess it's like that term of cross-pollinating. Way to go about the situation um, and is pivot which is driven by your own let's say um, desires um, to, to do something new, to try something new, to develop a skill that you've always had maybe, but you weren't using enough. So to really go and express yourself, be creative. That's one way to pivot. As long as you match that new skill with um, a customer base that needs that skill. And there there's always this need to um, kind of, uh, find mm -hmm. an intersection between what you can and what people need, right? Or what you can, what you love doing. Um, so that's one way to pivot and it's usually very yes. successful. Another way to pivot is to really listen to your customers' new needs because the situation is not only new for you as hairstylist, it's new for the customers as well. Um, so they have new needs at the moment. And if you listen to them, you might want to pivot starting with their needs and develop extra skills that you might not have, but you can quickly develop because you are, you know, you're agile 
people and you can quickly adopt new skills and develop these new skills in order to satisfy the new client needs. Again, there is this intersection between what customers want or need and what you can deliver. And we were thinking, you know, how, how long will this lockdown continue? What if, you know, it's too long and for him it's a problem, you know, he needs a haircut. <laughs> Um, for I guess for me I'm not dyeing my hair I'm you know cutting it every now and then so if it grows it grows whatever um, but then he you know his hair can can become terrible and um, <laughs> we're thinking can we um, find a tutorial online maybe I can give you a haircut you know so, um, but, but these are the conversations we're having at home. These are our you know, pain points. These are our problems. The solutions have to come from you guys. Um, yeah. It has been also watching um, what are people already doing? Like what are, what's, ha- what's already happening immediately? And what stage is that? Is that just um, information gathering or what do you call that aspect of like listening or is that part mm. of the pain point too is just witnessing how are um, people already we call this soothing their pain you can point. call it many names i mean uh, information gathering uh, customer research uh, walk in the shoes of the customer immerse yourself in the customer's world um that these are different names for the same thing you're just you know listening to what people need um, and and this process has two parts. One one is really the what we call the the, the the divergent part when you gather a lot of information, you listen to a lot of stories, and the other one is the convergent one when you're trying to synthesize and find um, one or a couple of really interesting insights. Like what is because you cannot design with many stories like if you know too many stories people's stories that's that's a lot of noise you know that's a lot of information you cannot design with so much information if it's not synthesized so you really need to kind of find something that matters uh, from a design perspective and start your brainstorming process with that insight in mind Um, for example uh, observing people and how they solve for their own problems um, this is usually very close to the inside. This this shows readiness that people can do something. For example, uh, the story that I just shared with you um, might mean, um, and, and if you observe many such stories or many such conversations at home, if you see people even doing their own haircuts, it means that the insight might be that people are ready to, to become um, hairstylist or they've always dreamed of becoming a hairstylist they just never yeah. had the opportunity to do. and now this is an insight yeah. how to empower them to oh. become hairstylists. I don't know if this works yeah. for you but if it's an insight you know it might work for you it might not um, yeah a lot of people fear comes up because they're like oh no well what if our jobs go away because now everyone can cut their own hair like that's an immediate response um but I love how you saw a different insight where maybe more people want to become hairdressers because they tried it during this time. <laughs> and so, like, I, there's some talent and just, like, ability to let things cook during this time and not really arrive to any co- conclusion about, like, 
the industry is going to go over if everyone learns how to cut their husband's hair. <laughs> that there's There could be more there if you sit with it long enough. And I hadn't even thought about what you just said, that that could be an introduction to a lot of people being interested in it rather than it taking yeah. away from... You know, it will be maybe some people. But what I mean is uh, people have jobs, yeah. they have their problems to solve. And um, this is this might be something they, they just enjoy doing. Um, but, that's, um, but that's beyond the point. As I said, it's just an example of an insight. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually done the research. So the important part is to do the research and to have a team that is diverse enough. Just like me and you, we had different insights when we thought about it. Um, and that is very important in a team to have people with mm-hmm. uh, people who think differently from each other, who are not always, you know, agreeing with each other because um, it, we're working with people's feelings, with people's, you know, needs. And it's normal that we are in disagreement. This insight is not a mathematical equation. So it's it's okay to have different insights and to work in different directions um, and, and test different solutions. is amazing, yes. that That's so exciting about like even learning from other areas um, for that exact reason. Something that we're very excited about is, you know, it, creating those intersections. And that's why I love, and even my clients love when I go and, and learn about hair and Italy or in a, another city that's different from their own because they I mean one just the culture it's it's just I think people love learning new perspectives and they they know that now I've expanded my perspective and that's just exciting like they don't really understand totally what that means to me and the skill necessarily but because they didn't see the beauty industry in that place themselves, but they know that it means something to me and that that in turn means something for them. (laughs) Those are amazing steps. And I think that was a beautiful explanation about the, the general process. Um, Are there any last bits that we should know about a design experience or ways to be, to practice it better? So the important part when important part uh, when you practice design thinking is to know that there is no one design thinking process. There is no one formula. Uh, even though we design thinking specialists try to um, to write books about it, to write articles about it, to make visualizations of what is the process, what are the different steps. These are just tools to try to simplify and explain, to dummify even sometimes design thinking, which is a very, very natural process. It's what you guys have always been doing. Just, um, I, I, I guess, um, mm. um, don't try to overthink it. Just go with the flow, um, go with the customer understanding, uh, work as one team, try to be a little more, how to say, uh, try to accelerate as a team uh, because that's an important part of design thinking to experiment and to validate every idea that you might have and don't be too obsessed about what is the right process what are the right tools um, of course there are lots of tips and tricks for any one of the phases of design thinking mm. but i always say there are as many design thinking processes as there are people 
Um, and as it is a very natural activity, uh, we shouldn't be too 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 obsessed with what's right. Uh, <laughs> at the end, it, it is a design process. So grateful that we got to do this, but it it really does. It, it means a lot to me, and I'm so glad. But also, it's, I was just thinking about how divine it is because um, we we have this strange gap I, in our I, lives. Uh, that it's special to me as possible. well. Uh, Alaska uh, was the, the visit in Alaska uh, was very special. All the projects that we did, and specifically that one weekend that we spent together during Startup Weekend, um, is is one of my favorite projects ever done. Um, and I'm happy we stayed in contact. Um, uh, but more wow. importantly, um, there is beauty in this crisis. Um, there is a lot of ugliness, uh, but there is beauty in this crisis. And that is that we um, tend to find more time for each other. I see it with my closest circle of, um, of friends and family, but also with people that we are um, hardly acquainted, um, like you, Mary Alice, but we find time for each other. And that is... The, the, the bright side of the crisis and I yeah. hope it's not the last time we connect absolutely oh yeah you don't know I will I will definitely see you in person again someday but um I'm so grateful for the, you giving me your time today and um everyone I'll have ways that everyone can find more about launch labs in the text so hopefully other people can learn more about the resources and um, strategies and classes that you guys offer. So thank you again for being here. And I hope you have the best weekend. Thanks for inviting me. Um, good luck with, uh, with the podcast. And we'll stay in contact. Thank you so much. Bye.